You're listening to MC Exodus Podcast with your host, Michael Conteus. Christian Talk. Bible Studies with Commentary. I highly encourage you to download this podcast and share it. Get this message out there. Hey everyone, welcome back to MC Exodus. And this is a Bible study that I wanted to share with you out of the Gospel of Matthew. And it's uh, pretty good in chapter 5. We're going to be looking into the Sermon on the Mount and what he was teaching everyone during that time. Starting with verse 1. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now look right here. God blesses those who work for peace. Well, isn't Jesus also called the Prince of Peace? For they will be called the children of God. Now look, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Now look at that, guys. I mean, I want to share this with you because this is this is good stuff here. Okay, this is a very good teaching from our Lord Jesus. All right, now let's let's take a look down in here on verse 13. Teaching about salt and light. Now, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light for everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Yes, they will praise him for seeing the works that he is doing within you. Think about that for a minute. Let it happen. Let the Lord work with you. Let the Lord work in you. Let him change you from the inside out. Let the whole world see what he's done for you, what he's done with you. And praise him. It's for his glory, not ours. Now over here in verse 17, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth. 
until heaven and earth disappear. Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until the purpose is achieved. So, if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in heaven. Hmm. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your, your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So righteousness, not just laws, but righteousness, obedience, repentance, faith, belief, these type of things, letting the Holy Spirit change you. Letting the Holy Spirit lead you, guide you, show you, teach you the truth. You will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now look. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, I say, if, if you even are angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So, if you are presenting, moving along, give me one moment, sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge and who will hand you over to an officer and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. So let's talk about that for a minute, okay? That's basically arguing, all right? Settle your differences. Don't let it get out of hand. Don't let it get out of hand. If you owe someone money, pay them, okay? Just don't, don't let the accuser, the enemy, tear you down for your, your anger, Okay, your frustrations, letting all that get out of hand instead of giving it to God. Don't don't even don't even get angry. Basically, it's even saying this. Don't call people names. All right. Don't sit there and slander them. Don't sit there and rip them a new one. Because you are in dangers of the, of the fires of hell. You are in danger of being brought before the court. You are in danger of judgment. Now take a look right here in verse 27, the teaching about adultery. Now, if all these teachings are warnings, then that once saved, always saved. So what? I mean, do, do these teachings not apply because you believe in Jesus? Or do you believe in Jesus and try and follow his teachings? Think about that. All right, here we go. You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye 
even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out, and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if you're... If your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. So, lusting after women or lusting after men. Okay, looking at all these people. It is extremely convenient to go out and and date multiple people. Oh, this person didn't suit my needs. Um, I think I'll break up with this person and and get with this person because I like this person a little bit better than that last person. Mm. They don't give anyone a chance anymore. They, they, there's no belief in any relationship. There's definitely not any belief in any marriage. And why is that? Because today's society teaches against all of these things. Today's society teaches that lust is okay. I'm telling you, lust is everywhere. Look, look at everything. You can see. It's very hard not to see half-naked people on television. But I tell you the truth. That if you lust with your eyes, you are in danger of being thrown into hell. It says so right here. Even if you are a believer, it says so. I mean, look at this. Why would he be teaching against this stuff? Now look, teaching about divorce. You have heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife unless she has been unfaithful causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. So I wanted to show you this because it's important. Now, you know, now people can misinterpret that, that those type of verses right there. But I think also too, if you are in a violent relationship and things are happening that is beyond your control and it is just not a good environment, bring it to the Lord in prayer. Bring it to him in prayer and let him do the rest, okay? I'm going to be honest with you. Let him get you out of that situation. He will give you the promptings to move on or to stay. Believe me, believe me, and it will be blessed. Trust me. All right, now take a look at this right here. In verse 33, the teaching about vows, okay? Vows are important. Now look, you have also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows, and must you must carry out the vows you made to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say, by my head. For you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Now that's important. 
Don't make promises you can't keep. And don't blaspheme his names. Don't do that. If you're going to do something for God, then say, yes, I will. Or no, I won't. Now let's continue. The teaching about revenge. Now this is good. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye. And a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. So if someone comes up and needs to borrow some money, don't turn them down. Help them. If a homeless person comes up and asks you for food, give them food and drink. Help them. Let's take a look at this. The teaching of love for your enemies. You have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of father of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even the corrupt tax collectors do that much. But if you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now let's move on into chapter 6. The teaching about giving to the needy. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly. To be admired by others. For you will lose your reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and the streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they're ever going to get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your, your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private for your father who sees everything will reward you. Now think about that. Every time someone feeds a homeless or every time you you give and give and, and you're, you're giving to charity, you are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for God's sheep and, and the Lord? 
That's what that means. Don't go announcing it on social media. Hey, I did this. Don't go and do these type of things. Unless you're going to teach someone. Unless you're going to show someone. Hey, look, well, this is what we do. You know, if you if you want to do something awesome, do this. But don't go, hey, well, I just did this. It was me that did that. No, it was God that did that through you. And that's what he's trying to tell you right here. Don't go bragging about you, that it was you. He gets the glory. You thank him. Moving along in verse 9 of chapter 6 of Matthew. Okay. A teaching about prayer and fasting. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everybody can see them. I tell you the truth. This is all the reward they're ever going to get. Because when you, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to the Father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. Now here's an example how Jesus taught his disciples on how to pray. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. See, your Father will not forgive your sins. So this once saved, always saved mentality. Take a look at this. I'm, And I know people are going to disagree with me, but listen to this. I'm telling you. That means you can get away with unforgiveness because you believe in God? No, that's not what Jesus is saying in the book of Matthew. You have to forgive. You have to do things. And that requires forgiveness. Now look at this. In verse 16, and when you fast, don't make it obvious. Okay, look at that. Don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable. And and so people will admire them for their fasting. But I tell you the truth, that it is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Yes, so when you're fasting for the Lord and you're doing it not for good looks and health. And no, you're doing it for the Lord. It's a spiritual fast. You are fasting for God to get closer to the Lord to serve him. Don't go over there looking like, oh. 
I'm so hungry. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm just so weak. I'm starving. I need to eat. I haven't eaten all day and this and that. Because then what? I mean, what? Then if you're so unhappy about it, why are you even doing it? Okay. Now take a look right here. Teachings about money and possessions. Verse 19. Don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths can eat them and rust can destroy them. And where thieves break in and steal, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there your, the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like the lamp of the that provides the light for your whole body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think uh, you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? How deep is it? Look at that. Wow. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or even enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant and harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Right. Think about that, people. Exodus, think about this for a second. What? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Absolutely not. No way. Now look, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And it's true. People even worry about their clothes. I was one of them. I'll tell you that right now. I was always worried about um, oh my goodness, I'm outgrowing this. Oh, these clothes are wearing out. Oh my goodness, my shoes and all oh, my shoes, shoes, shoes. How many people are doing that out there? Think about this, brothers and sisters. All right. So don't worry about the things, about these things saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of heaven above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I wanted to share that those two beautiful chapters with you. What? A bunch of wonderful teachings from Jesus Christ. And that was Matthew chapter 5 and chapter 6. And this completes my today, uh, 
episode 9's uh, Bible study read. And we're going to get into chapter 7 and chapter 8 on episode 10. And I just encourage you to download this podcast and share it. Um, Let's get this message out there. And until my next episode, this is MC Exodus signing off.